You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions midweek podcast where we have a very special guest and we are right in the middle. We're actually kind of towards the end of our NFL draft review where we get special guests to talk about the Lions draft picks, experts on the Lions draft pick. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit online with me as always as co-host to First Bite is the senior editor of Pride of Detroit at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan Matthews is here, buddy. How we doing? Doing well. I think this is the first time we've ever double dipped on an episode, right? Yes. Two, Two prospects for the price of one. That's right. Uh, and and no, we are not doing the Alabama boys. Uh, we, we, we're we going a little bit out of order here. So if you're wondering where the Brian Branch episode is, it's coming next week. Uh, we are doing the Iowa boys instead. It is time to talk Sam Laporta and Jack Campbell. And to make sure we have the most accurate, up-to-date information on these fellas, we got ourselves an Iowa expert. He is the publisher at Hawkeye Report. At Hawkeye Report on Twitter, Tom Kakert is with us. Tom, thanks for joining us, man. Well. Thank you guys for inviting me. And I, I got to tell you, and I got to give a shout out to my friend, Matt Randazzo, who I do a podcast with. And Matt is one of five Lions fans in the Quad Cities area in, the, in, in Iowa, Illinois. Uh, I think his entire it's just his entire family, his four boys um, and, and his brother. They are the Lions fans in the Quad Cities. And that's it. There's no other ones. But. He's very jealous because he's a listener of this podcast. Oh, really? Hey, well, yes. I appreciate that. Uh, lives colliding here. I like that. Yeah. Well, he's about to hear a bunch of information. I guess he probably already knows. But uh, but we're going to start with this segment with, with all things Sam Laporta, our favorite golden receiver, as we like to call him so far. Um, let, let's start at the beginning. Uh 19 or 2019 uh it seems like a long time ago at this point a three-star recruit um was there was this a kind of recruitment pickup that wasn't necessarily i mean three-star maybe that's okay i don't mean to be insulted maybe that's okay by iowa standards but what was this was this something that that really hit the radar or was this just kind of something that was maybe more so under the radar he was really intriguing because they had you know, they had kind of followed him most of the year, but it was a, a later offer. And he was more of a wide receiver than he was a tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was, his frame was, was that you could see he was going to be a tight end. But it wasn't like he was doing a lot of blocking. He was catching passes, a lot of them. And um, that was about, that was the nature of his, you know, kind of, rise there at Highland and and uh he's kind of from the same area that uh AJ Epinesa mm-hmm. is from in the, the Epinesa family so um I kind of knew of him through them as well because they were uh pretty excited to get Sam because they they were kind of I think in the same conference or right around the same area so 
Um, they, they had a pretty good bond, but yeah, he was, he was an intriguing prospect just because I knew he could catch the ball and I knew he could run. And, um, it was just a matter of putting on the weight and, and doing that in, the, in his freshman year. Now, uh, Tom, did that transition all happen in, in his freshman year? Um, and, and, and what kind of, uh, transformation did you see from him, I guess, over his time in, in Iowa? Yeah, his freshman year was pretty interesting because um, he was doing some special teams work. And and that just tells when they do that, it tells me that they really like him and they think that maybe he could find a role. And so it was later in the year, um, they're playing Northwestern and they had some injuries at tight end. And so they kind of... Uh, broke the glass on him a little bit and got him out there. And he almost had one of the most remarkable catches I've ever seen in his first game starting at Northwest or playing at Northwestern. Um, he didn't hold on to it, but I'll never forget our photographer caught the, caught the photo and he was like draped over a guy and catching it behind the guy's back almost. And he just couldn't hold on to it. But that was like the, the welcome to the big 10, here you are, Sam Laporta play right out of the gate. And, and he played quite a bit the rest of the way at tight end. Um, I think he would be the first to admit he was a work in progress as a blocker. And that's for, for Iowa tight ends, as successful as they have been catching the football, uh, if you don't block, you're probably not going to play a whole lot and you're going to see your snaps limited. So that was one thing he had to pick up along the way was, was becoming a good blocker. And, you know, by the time he left, he was a really good blocker. He was, he enjoyed it. Interesting. All right. Uh, w- when did he, I guess, make that metamorphosis from guy that's learning the tight end position guy that's learning to block to like someone who you're like, Oh, this is a guy who's not only going to play a big part in Iowa's program, but he could be a guy that, that hears his name called on day one or day two of the NFL draft. Was it, was it that saw the junior year where we saw the statistical breakout or was it earlier yeah. than that? Yeah, I think it was probably sophomore going into junior year when you kind of just saw it and you go sophomore year, I kind of thought, you know what? He's got a chance. He's got a chance to, even his freshman year. Really? I thought, boy, he's, he's going to be interesting uh, to watch, but then that junior year, you could just see the confidence coming out of him. Uh, every game, uh, he's just more and more confident, making plays, had a good chemistry with the quarterback, uh, and just made plays. You know, he was just he was just making plays, um, big plays, and and getting first downs and being a, a leader. One of the, one of the kind of hallmarks of Sam Laporta is when he catches a first down, he's going to signal and let everyone in the stadium know that he just picked up a first down. <laughs> so get prepared for that. He's going to point down the field and let you guys know that the lions have just picked up a first down. So he's uh, Hawkinson was like that too, though. Yeah. So you know, that's, a, that's a Hawk Hawk thing. And, you know, I know, um, people will ask who is he most comparable to? And I think it's Hawkinson. I really do. I kind of think he's, he's more Hawkinson than he is George Kittle. Um, You know, George Kittle is just a unique animal where he's just his speed and the physicality that he plays with is just different. 
and no offense, just different. He's just, you know, athletically, no offense, just off the charts. But, um, and, and the other comparison with, with Sam and with Hawk is they were both kind of smaller school guys where they were, they were not really tight ends. They were receivers and in their offense, but they were bigger kids, bigger guys at the high school level. So that's why I always kind of compared those two. And I remember when Sam came in, I said, well, he's, he's got the, he's a TJ Hawkinson starter kit kind of guy. So (laughs) that's, that's where I've always compared him. So Tom, is there anything particular about what they do at Iowa just because they've kind of become known as like maybe like the tight end factory of, of the collegiate <laughs> world? Um, you, you know, you mentioned a little bit uh, when it when it comes to the expectations for tight ends in Iowa, like they have to be they have, they have to be a blocker and, uh, you know, receiving you know, it is a nice thing. So like, is, is it something about how well-rounded they come out? Um, is there something particular about what they do at Iowa that makes them so NFL ready? It's an interesting question. And I really think that the Iowa tight end tradition goes back all the way to the Hayden Fry era. Uh, when Hayden came to the University of Iowa in 1979, and you guys are probably too young to remember this, but uh, Iowa's, Iowa's tight ends used to stand up at the end of the line. Uh, that's how that's that was the Hayden Fry thing, and he liked his tight ends standing up instead of being down in a stance because he felt like they could look at the secondary and assess what's going on in the secondary to figure out what their route's going to be. So. Um, I, I always thought it was interesting, but Kirk's been always been a, uh, hand on the ground, tight end guy. And I think part of Iowa's success has simply been because they use the tight end where in college football today, there just are not a lot of programs that use tight ends and have tight ends in their roster. Most there's so many teams that are just pure spread teams. And the tight end is basically, a blocker on a third down play where Iowa is going to use a tight end. They're going to use fullbacks. They're going to do things that are more NFL ish in some ways than, um, than the college game. But even the NFL is kind of, you're seeing fewer and fewer right. use of the tight end, but they're, they're kind of hybrids now. Right. And they're just, they're, they're sort of like this, um, bigger, more athletic wide receiver kind of guys in, in, in some ways. And um, Sam's more just kind of like the traditional tight end. And he's going to be – and you guys are just going to enjoy covering him. Yeah. You're going to enjoy um, spending time with him. He's a hoot and he's fun and he loves football. And that's – that's just one of the things that just jumps off the page at actually when you watch him play the game is there, there is a love of football. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much mandatory to walk in the door when, when Dan Campbell's your head coach. So yes, <laughs> we, we know that that was a, a probably a big ha- uh, reason he he came to Detroit here, but I want to go back to the, to the Hawkinson comparison, because obviously that's, that I think is going to grab a lot of Lions fans attentions and for, some for good reasons, some for bad reasons, because uh, as you may or may not know, I think he has a very mixed reputation here in Detroit after after getting traded. Yes. Uh, very good receiver. I think everyone can mostly agree with, although some people have issues with him falling down too much after he catches. But I want to go to the the blocking aspect of his game because that was something that I think was advertised. It was billed as something that 
Hawkinson was pretty darn good at at Iowa, but it didn't quite translate as much as I think Lions fans were hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, how how does uh, Laporta compare, would you say, to Hawkinson? Are they on kind of the same ground to you? Yeah, I think they're pretty similar in the blocking, uh, blocking stage of things. But I, I do think Laporta is probably a little bit better. He's a little more willing. Uh, he's going to stick his nose in there a little bit more, uh, maybe than Hawk did. Uh, but he's still, you know, uh, he's not a devastating blocker. Right. You know what I mean? He's not George Kittle. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's not George Kittle who's going to you know put you in the ground and and stand over you. He's just <laughs> just not like that but he's closer to that than i think tj was um when he was with the lions and and in the nfl i think tj's is more of a he's always been more of a receiver um than a blocker but it's funny when he was playing with Noah Fant, uh tj was the better blocker of those two Hmm. uh, for sure i mean Fant was more of a just he, he wasn't all that interested in blocking um, sometimes he would, he would do it. He would do it fairly effectively, but, um, I, I think both those guys were more receiver than, than, uh, the blocker. Is, is there something, um, to say, you, you mentioned earlier, Tom, that both Hawkinson and, uh, and Laporta both came to Iowa and they were more receivers than they were tight ends that, that required, yeah. that clay required some molding, but what about mm-hmm. Sam's game as a receiver? really jumps off the page to you as, you know, is it his hands? Is it his, uh, his ability to move um, at his size? What, what really makes him a unique um, receiver at, at the tight end position? I think he's a really good route runner. Uh, I, I think he knows how to kind of find an open space and make himself available. There were times though, I, I will say this earlier in his career when he had some drops, he did, but um and sometimes they were easy drops and he would be the first one to, to blame himself that he just dropped it. Uh, but he also will make some crazy catches that you he probably shouldn't have caught. Uh, so he's, he's very unique in that, in that respect that, um, you know, sometimes he, he makes the, the hard look easy and the easy look hard. <laughs> and, uh, but that, that was earlier in his career, I think more than, uh, last two years i thought he really caught everything and uh just always found a way to to get open and i was pass game i i think it's pretty well documented the pass game like last year was just not very good just last two years really not very good and that's being kind probably uh to not very good <laughs> they were bad but but he would find he was the main target and everybody knew that he was the main target and yet he would still get open and he would still catch passes. And, uh, to me, that's an impressive trait, uh, that you can, you can still be an effective player and, um, and be able to make plays. That that's a good transition to uh, what I want to talk about next, which is Sam Laporta as, as a person, because I know there was kind of an iconic moment. I think it was last year when Iowa won a game that was like nine to six or something. And someone asked Jack Campbell about, you know, the offense versus the defense, the offense, not carrying their load. Actually, I think this was Jack Campbell. Now that I think about it. So maybe we'll talk about it with Jack Campbell's, but, but let me talk about Sam Laporta as a person, because oh, you mentioned Sam did say Sam, Sam did say something too. Okay. Yeah. And let me hear it. It was, it was one of the rare times where, where I thought Sam, Sam kind of got pissed. Mm. He got angry 
And um, because I think the line of questioning was kind of like trying to insinuate there was some sort of divide and that the offense stinks and everything. Right. And just, he was, he was ticked and he kind of let us have it back uh, a little bit, which was, which was fine. I mean, but that was like the first time I've ever kind of see him uh, get, get angry at us. Cause yeah. he's usually the life of the party when you, when you're talking to him and, and having fun and you usually end up laughing about some stuff uh, more than, more than you end up uh, having a uncomfortable moment. And that was, but that was a tough, like, I mean, the game was nine to six. Yeah. And it was just, it was a gross football game. It was just <laughs> bad. And, you know, Kirk got asked him if he was going to fire his son. Oh, um, you know, and, and we'll talk about Jack in a little bit because I've got some great stories about Jack uh, that that day too uh, because he was so vital to holding that team together when an offense is going bad and a defense is carrying you. It can go south fairly, fairly quickly. Right. And Jack Campbell held, held the Iowa football team together. Well, do you have a similar story maybe about the the, the jovialness of, of Sam? Because, it, like I said, we, we like to call him the golden receiver already because he just looks like a, a, go, a happy golden retriever out there when he's on the field. And, yeah, we've, we've definitely already seen some of that kind of silliness to him in, in some of the media reports, in media sessions. So is there is there maybe a story, a moment or something where, you know, his, his character really came through? Uh, here's my great character story, and it's not really a funny story, but just tells you everything you need to know about Sam Laporta. So he got hurt, hurt his knee, had knee surgery at uh, hurt his knee in the Minnesota game. So he didn't play against Nebraska. He really wanted to play against Nebraska. That was his last home game. And honestly, there's a lot of guys in his position, knowing that he was going to be an NFL draft pick that wouldn't have played in the music city bowl. They would have just shut it down. You know, it said, I'm making a business decision. And, and no one would have blamed him, honestly. I mean, if he shut it down, right? You know, he's he's going to be a top three-round NFL draft pick. You're coming off. It was minor knee surgery, but it was knee surgery. Still surgery. Yeah. And, um, you know, you could take another shot to that knee, and boy, then you're all of a sudden you're a fifth-round pick, and you're losing – money and and there's going to be questions about you and we've seen guys over the years get injured in bowl games too and see their draft stock plummet um he didn't he went out and played played hard played tough and here's the crazy thing and this just tells you about sam laporta the teammate so iowa had two quarterbacks transfer well, oh, they had they had a quarterback transfer, uh, the backup quarterback, Alex Padilla. Um, Spencer Petrus was hurt. He tore up his shoulder, so he wasn't going to be able to play. So they're at their third-string quarterback who's never taken a snap. They got a fourth-string quarterback who's a true freshman that hadn't played a bit. We go into practice one day down in Nashville. Sam Laporta's taking snaps <laughs> at quarterback. <laughs> It just tells you everything you need to know about Sam Laporta. And he was loving it. <laughs> uh, he, I was just like, Sam, you going to throw a pass? 
I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I mean, he ran a series in that bowl game at quarterback as like a wildcat quarterback. So, and he loved it. And he was just having so much fun back there. Um, everybody on the bench was going crazy. And I ended up, they won the game. They were in control of the game, but yeah, they ran him out there as the kind of the wildcat quarterback. And, and he was, it was pretty awesome. And that just tell, but that tells you everything you need to know about how, what the coaches thought of Sam LaPorta um, and the sacrifices that he made to be a good teammate and to be a leader on the Iowa football team running out there with a, a knee that, you know, he said it was a hundred percent and I'm sure it was, or he wouldn't have been out there, but still you're coming off surgery and just, you know, there, there's a lot of guys that make a business decision and he didn't. All right. I think that's a great uh, story to go out on. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to move our discussion to Jack Campbell, another very, very high character guy that I'm sure there are some good stories that we're going to get out of Tom Caker as we come back here on First Bite Iowa Dudes Edition. We'll be right back. And we are back here on First Bite talking Iowa draft picks uh, here, uh, the 2023 Detroit Lions draft, of course, with Tom Cakert of Hawkeye Report. Uh, we talked a lot about Sam Laporte, a lot of good stories and, and, and information about him. But let's move to the defensive side of the ball. First round draft pick, Ryan, we're finally on the first round here talking Jack Campbell. Why, why don't you kick things off, Ryan? Because I'm uh, I'm eager to hear here. Yeah, I mean this is probably the most interesting pick the lions made, right? This was the one yeah. pick that I think maybe threw everybody through a loop. Cause it was, um, it was a linebacker and it was a linebacker in the first round, but um, I'm, I'm really interested to get to know more about captain Jack. So like, again, like Sam, you know, another three-star recruit in the 2019 class. Um, how much fanfare did Jack arrive to Iowa with? It wasn't like he was like this plum recruit. Um, he's from Cedar Falls. Dad played at Northern Iowa. Um, so it wasn't like he was this five-star recruit that had a lot of fanfare. He was a multi-sport athlete, played basketball at Cedar Falls. And uh, Kirk Ferentz always talks about going to see him play basketball. And he was, I, 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 I know this will come as a surprise, but he was kind of a bruising forward at, at uh playing high school basketball. Um, but just a um you know, the character side of of Jack is is the biggest selling point that I can tell you about him. And uh, you know, earlier we were talking about how I, I am convinced that Jack Campbell saved the Iowa football season. I don't no one will ever be able to convince me otherwise because when you have an offense that was struggling as bad as, as Iowa was last year, the fingers get started, start to point in the locker room at some point. And the defense who is hellaciously good, um, you know, stuffing everything and, and winning games seven to three, uh, you know, to open the season and, and doing everything they can, 
um, the fingers start pointing and Jack was the leader of the defense and Jack would have none of it. He, he would just basically say, we just got to do a better job on defense and uh, we're not going to point fingers. And so nobody did because he was the most respected guy in the locker room and everybody looked at him and it wasn't like he was a menacing figure. It's just the way he carries himself is just, it's different. It's just, he's humble to a fault and kindness uh, off the charts. And I'll share some stories with you, you guys about him and, and just the, the kindness that he shows people. But um, yeah, he's just, he's just a, a natural leader, but not a rah-rah guy. He's not going to give a big speech and fire everybody up and, you know, uh, carry the big torch out the, out the, the door or anything. He's just, but he's just, he leads by example and you just know you're going to get a guy that's going to come in and work his tail off every day and, and be humble. And he loves football. And that's hundred percent why Dan Campbell drafted him because he loves football. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Uh, but I love I love the way you put that, how he, he saved Iowa season and that that very male, very well, maybe the, the title of this podcast. Um, but but so I understand like him saving it in terms of like keeping the, the locker room together. But you mentioned Iowa's hellacious defense. How much was that because of Jack Campbell, the football player, not not necessarily just the motivator, the guy who the, the glue that keeps everyone together. But as the football player, how important was he to everything that I was able to do on defense. Oh my gosh. Hey, let's just go to the Minnesota game. Okay. You know, that's the game. Laporta's out that just dents the, the entire um, offense. So there's, they're driving to, to score and probably win the game. And um, uh, they're running back. Uh, Mo Ibrahim. Another line had run. Yeah, had run another line. You should ask him about the play that Campbell made sometime and see how that how he reacts to that. But he was running through them and had about 50 carries in the game. I can't remember what the – it was over 40. Campbell just basically takes the ball, knocks the ball loose, and um, stops that drive. You know, he intercepts a pass and uh, ran it for a touchdown, but they said he stepped out, but he didn't. Uh, but Iowa scores anyway, uh, you know, gets points. But I mean, he literally put the team on his back to win that football game. And that's a huge, you know, for, for Iowa, that is a giant game. That's their biggest trophy game, the Florida Rosedale, the, the bronze pig. And they had beaten Minnesota, I kind of think it's now seven in a row. So, um, you know, Jack just put the team on his back and, and won the game. And, um, and, of course, takes zero credit for – winning the game uh, afterwards. That's just, that's who Jack Campbell is. Well, some more to who Jack Campbell is as, as the football player. Um, I know a lot of Lions fans are familiar with uh, Kent Lee Platty, uh, former Pride of Detroit guy, um, Math Bomb, who does his, his RAS scores. Um, 9.98, six out of 2,600 linebackers. So like one of the most athletic linebackers to ever test at the combine. Mm-hmm. Where and how does that show up on the football field on game day, Tom? He is, he's big. Um, and I'm sure you guys have been around him. You know, he's legit six, four, six, five. And just, he goes sideline to sideline, like uh, nobody I've seen. And he just flies to the football. Um, 
pretty well, I think, and makes plays. Um, yeah, he's that. That's what jumps out to me when I've watched him play over over his career is that um, he just he'd always just be flying to the football sideline to sideline, covering covering a lot of ground, and and just has a nose for the football, and and that's he's just a because I know there's a lot of places I'll, I'll just like. I look back at like, um, and you guys remember Aaron Campman who played for Green Bay for many years. Um, he's another former Iowa player. He was a middle linebacker like Campbell, but, um, and he was bigger. He's six, four, six, five, and they ended up putting his hand on the ground and they could have done that with Jack for sure. And he would have been a hell of a defensive end. Uh, but he just stayed at linebacker. And I remember his freshman year in camp, talking to one of the coaches at Iowa and he was like, I think Jack Campbell is going to be pretty good. And I was like, really, that's interesting. You know, it's thinking about moving him down and put his hand on the ground. No, no, no. We, he just, he's different out there. He's, he's going to be the next good one. And sure enough, you know, he followed right after, um, you know, Josie Jewell and guys like that at, at middle, at middle linebacker for Iowa. Is it, is it true that there was some consideration to play him at center? Oh, you know what Kirk said? He hmm. said, uh, if I could have 12 Jack Campbells, I would be, I would, I would love that. You know, <laughs> that was his thing. And I'm sure he, I, I'm sure he said that at some point that he would like, he could have been a great center. Yeah. You know, cause he just, and that's, but yeah, I mean, you know, Kirk's love affair with uh, with Jack Campbell is something that I've never seen. The man could Jack Campbell could start talking about about uh, as he always calls him. He doesn't call him Kirk Ferentz. He called him Coach Kirk Ferentz, and um, he starts talking waxing poetic about about how much he appreciates that that Iowa just offered him a scholarship to play football and. And then Kirk, who's you know going to turn sixty-eight in um, in August, August first, the waterworks just get going. It's just you know he yeah. just starts weeping uh, about um, they they just have such a unique relationship, and that's the the humility of 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 Jack that that comes across is and, and it's genuine that he is just grateful that the university of Iowa decided to offer him a scholarship to play football. And it's not like he's ever felt entitled about it. He feels like he's got to go out and earn that scholarship and, and earn the fact that they offered him a scholarship every single day on the practice field and on game day. All right. I, Jeremy doesn't want to be the wet blanket, so I guess I'll do it. Tom, I, I got to ask you one question, though, because, you know, th there's, sure. a, there's a lot of trepidation with the Lions investing, you know, a, a you know, 18th overall pick in a linebacker. Um, yeah. so, some of the knocks um, during the pre-draft process for, for Jack were kind of like that hesitancy to, to attack downhill or kind of play with suddenness. Maybe some of that athleticism that he tested out with at the Combine doesn't always show up on, on tape. Yeah. Is is that a fair criticism of his game? And and did he show improvement in that area, you know, over his time at Iowa? Or do you think he has room to improve that at the next level? Yeah, I I think it's a fair criticism. I do. There are times where um, 
you know, maybe he doesn't fly right in the line and, and, and those sorts of things. But I, I just think he, I think he plays like an old school football player. He just, he just does. He's just, he's very old school. It's not, and he's, I think part of the issue is he's just so unique for an inside linebacker with his size, because most of the guys that are six, five like that, they're going outside, you know, they're pass rush guys or, um, you know, things, things like that, you know, they're, they're more outside. You don't see a lot of, of guys with his size, uh, uh, on the inside. And, and that's what I think makes him unique. And sometimes you can get, you know, bigger guy can, it's an easier target and you kind of get lost in the wash sometimes a little bit if you come too hard. So that's going to be, um, be something to watch. But the thing that I've always been impressed with him is that if there's a play on the sidelines, he gets out there, he flies out there and, and covers a lot of ground really quickly. Um, inside might be more of the challenge for him when they're playing between the tackles. That's probably where some of this shows up, but outside the tackles, he's terrific. So old school linebacker, Jeremy, is it any surprise that uh, an organization that has Chris Spielman in it would want Jack Campbell <laughs> right. on his football team? Exactly. Right. Um, he's a lot like, he's a lot like Chris. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good comp. I mean, it really is. Um, yeah. And, and, Certainly, he he probably had an opinion on Jack Campbell uh, in, in bringing him to Detroit. Um, you, you mentioned you mentioned that he's built like an edge, and I, I'm just kind of curious because I don't know I have a seeking a sneaking suspicion that the Lions might use him this way. But but was he sent on many blitzes in Iowa? Was that something that they ever kind of played around with, or was he more just kind of like that Mike linebacker, stay in the middle, play play run defense and drop into coverage? Um, yeah, they would send him. They didn't blitz a lot. Yeah, they, they will. But they blitz more in the last couple of years, I think, than they have in the past. They've got kind of a package that they use. Um, they call it the Raider package, where they'll kind of stand guys up at the line, and he might be on the right side one play, left side the next, and and they try to create opportunities. He might look like he's coming, and then he's going to he's going to fade back into coverage and the zone coverage and short zone. But um, yeah, he would come, and he was pretty effective at it. Uh, quite a bit. So um, I, I th he just, the thing that people don't realize is he, he's so big and he just covers a lot of ground really quickly. And that's um, what makes him kind of unique is of that size is boy, he, he'd get right on a quarterback or running back on the edge very quickly be just because it's like three strides and he's on the, he's on the, uh, the sideline. I think we got to come back full circle to that, you know, tease that we had in the first segment. I, I need to know more about Jack Campbell's response in that nine, six football game. Like what, what, what was, what was the deal with, with Jack after that game? Well, that was where he basically said, um, we're not going to put up with, you know, we're, we got to do better. Defense has got to do better. We're not going to blame the offense. That's not who we are. We're a team. And, um, and just let it be known to everyone and anyone out there that there were going to be no fingers that ever get pointed in that locker room. And he was going to make sure that that doesn't happen. And he would address it if it did happen. And he's not, but he's not like a, 
mean spirited at all. It's just it's just how he's built. He's just, the humility of this guy is off the charts. I'll share with you guys a great story. Here's a great Jack Campbell story that tells you everything you need to know about Jack Campbell, the person. So there's a guy that worked over at, at Kinnick Stadium and the football complex is kind of like across the parking lot. And I think the guy's, he's a little bit like disabled and he was working over at Kinnick and it was later at night, like 10 at night. There's really nobody around. And Jack was just leaving. He saw the guy and went over and talked to him and, and he recognized him because, you know, that's where they come through uh, on game days and, and, and he'd see him. So he goes over to the guy and he says, um, ask him how he's doing, talk to him. And, and the guy mentions he's never been in the football complex. So at 10 at night, when Jack's got better things to do, probably he takes this guy on a, on a personal tour <laughs> of the Iowa football complex. And doesn't think anything about it. Just that's just who he is. I mean, that's just, that's Jack Campbell in a nutshell. Um, he'll give you the shirt off his back. He's, he's just one of the most grounded kind people. You know, if you have a daughter, you want Jack Campbell showing up at your door, you know, <laughs> that's kind of the kind of guy you, you want. He's just the, can't say enough about the, the character of of jack campbell and he and he loves football he just loves yeah. football i mean that's just and and you saw I, I i'm sure you guys have heard this story too at the end of um the the music city bowl he found out that his grandfather had died uh in a in an accident got hit by a car down in nashville and you know he didn't know about that before the game but um he just handled that with so much grace and um so much dignity uh, afterwards didn't he didn't talk to us obviously after the game but right. um you know when he has spoken about it it was just he i i know that there were friends of mine who were at the team hotel after the game and he would think that jack would be isolated he was taking pictures with fans wow. and interacting with them and that just tells you that's jack campbell i mean he just um in this in the face of a real tragedy for his family He's still going to take time and take a few pictures with um, with Iowa fans that were that were over there and be kind to them and sign an autograph or whatever. That's that's Jack. That's Jack Campbell in a nutshell. That's that's an awesome story. And it's interesting because like at their base core, it seems like Sam Laporte and Jack Campbell have like very similar ideals. Right. They're, they're very good people and they're <laughs> all about football, but like their personalities outward couldn't be more yeah. different at least in my early experience where like 100%. Sam, Sam Laporta is this happy puppy running around where Jack Campbell's like very focused very like I don't know if serious is the right word but but is that is that kind of how you experience both players at, at Iowa yeah yeah 100% where um you know Sam is the guy that's um that's gonna go out and have a beer with you kind of guy that'll have some fun and um you know kind of be i wouldn't say life of the party but just you know he, he's 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 gonna joke around with you jack is just it's all business but he's just kind about it he's just very humble and kind uh at all times and and grateful um at the opportunities that he's had and in, in life and um but they're both 
just, they love football. And that's why Dan Campbell wanted them. I'm sure is because they love football and they love playing football and it me it's meaningful to them. Right. Uh, it's just, it's not just something they're doing to make money. It's they love the game and love to play the game. And, and uh, there'll be a lot of line fans are going to have a lot of fun. You know, there's a, I don't know if you guys know this, there's a t-shirt company in Iowa called Ray gun. Okay. And um, they have a shirt out now because, you know, you guys have uh, Matt Nelson too uh, from Iowa. Yeah. So um, they have a shirt now out that you can buy online that says Detroit Liowans. <laughs> so, uh, and, and uh, it's become very popular and it's in the Honolulu blue and, nice. and everything. So um, yeah, there's a lot of Iowa fans that have become Lions fans now. Uh, just because of Jack Campbell and Sam Laporta. Well, I got I got one more football one on on, on Jack Campbell, and then uh, if Ryan's got one, we can sneak one in, and then we'll let you go here. But sure. um, uh, it, it's about the intelligence of, of Jack Campbell, the football player, because obviously I think his road here in Detroit is is going to be that Mike linebacker role with the green dot. Like he is going to be given the keys to this defense at some point, whether it's this year, whether it's next year, he's going to be you know quote unquote, the quarterback of the defense. So what is his experience in doing that at Iowa? And and is he kind of the cerebral enough player where you think he can grasp that maybe earlier rather than later? Yeah, he's a studying guy. He's, um, you know, I've talked to Seth Wallace, the Iowa linebackers coach about that with, uh, with respect to Jack. And he's like, he just knows where he's supposed to be. He knows where everybody else is supposed to be and he'll get them there. Um, he's vocal. He's going to put people in the right place. Uh, and if he makes a mistake, he's going to learn from it quick. And then the mistake won't happen again. So um, he's not above making mistakes, but when he does, it's a, it's a quick learning process for him. And he's humble enough to admit that he's got, that he has to learn things. And I think that's one of the things you guys will, will learn from, from, from uh, Jack when you talk to him media availabilities is he's he's the first one who's gonna you know he's not gonna point fingers at anybody else he's gonna say i i have to do a better job and i have to do this or i have to do that you know that's just how he is he's never gonna point at another teammate or the other side of the ball and it's it's gonna be about him getting better and he works hard he's just a terrific kid who works really hard the, the last thing I have to ask is, is kind of a, a fun story just from um, the pre-draft process. Uh, Kelvin Shepard had mentioned that another Iowa player, Lucas Van Ness, spent yeah. his entire interview with the Lions talking about Jack Campbell. Like he talked more about Jack Campbell than he talked about himself. Um, <laughs> that that surprising to you about, about no. Van Ness? No, doesn't surprise <laughs> me about anybody. I mean, I, I spent some time uh, – Yesterday with uh, Jay Higgins, who's going to be one of the starting linebackers this year, and he all he talked about yesterday was was everything he learned from Jack Campbell, mm-hmm. just watching Jack Campbell operate for three years, and how you know he was kind of the guidepost or the 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 guiding path to where he's at now as a leader on the team and trying to assume that role. And hey, those are humongous shoes, and and he knows that, but. Uh, Jack just 
he's he's a quiet leader. He's not one of those fire and brimstone. You know, you're not going to see him do a Ray Lewis dance or anything like that. You're just not. But you're going to see him come out there and he's going to put his hat on and he's going to go to work. And that's that's how he carries himself. That's how he's carried himself since he arrived in Iowa City. And I'm sure that's how he's going to carry himself in Detroit. Well, that's Tom Caker uh, of Hawkeye Report. You can follow him at Hawkeye Report on Twitter. Uh, Tom, I, I'm going to give the floor to you here for a second just to, to promote yourself, uh, promote maybe stuff that, that Lions fans will be interested in. Or, you know, I'm sure there might not be a lot of Lions fans in Iowa, but I think there are a lot of Iowa. I, I know of a lot of Iowa fans in Detroit. So uh, why, don't, why don't you share where uh, they can find your stuff? Yeah, we're part of the On3 network, and, and you can go to HawkeyeReport.com and got a lot of stuff going on uh, obviously a lot of recruiting stuff but um, you know we always invest in the the NFL draft too and and, and talk a lot about that when that time of year comes along so uh, you know would welcome anybody want to stop by and and check us out we got a lot of free content too and uh, you can check out my Twitter at Hawkeye Report or just go to HawkeyeReport.com and uh, we'll be covering the NBA draft tonight there you go. Hopefully by the time people are listening uh, to this on, on the podcast, uh, the, the Pistons have done yes. something exciting. Um, <laughs> but Tom, really, really do appreciate your time. All those stories that you shared with us, I think, gave us a, a really cool picture of, of these two guys. And I think Lions fans are going to be very excited going forward. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Thank you all for listening. We will be back next week with an Alabama writer to talk about the two Alabama draft picks that the Lions made, uh, just like the Iowa guys, a, a second round and a first round pick. But until then, thank you all for listening. I'm Jeremy. That's Ryan. Thanks again to Tom. We will be back soon. Until then, it's chaos. Be kind. Be kind.